Now the pitch to Alonzo. Swing and a miss. He got it. Luke Williams. Yes, sir. Forget about it. Hector, look at him celebrate as he goes to the back all by himself. Watch this baby sail. Oh, Bryce Harper. Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast with me, Dave Shaw. And before I go any further, I apologize. I'm in the midst of a cold. Uh, my throat's sore and my voice is struggling. So please, guys, bear with me. I'm doing it for the cause. And I am joined by two amazing guests. We have the Dream Team. First of all, you all know him, Mr. Alex Carr. Alex, how are you, my friend? Dave, I am ecstatic. And I think you'll know why in just one oh, moment when you oh. introduce our next guest. Oh, you're hyping it up. Well, oh, let's, let's get Alex any longer answers. My voice needs recovery after about five minutes right. after every and sentence. I'll, I'll do it for you, Dave. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's just all the way from a, from, a, from a mystery location, the very <laughs> Twitter famous baseball and everyone. <laughs> a round of applause from yeah. home, please. Hi guys! Hi, Fred. How are you, Miss Bolin? How are you? How's it going? Bolin is in the oh, house. It's great. Look at who I'm in comfort with. Bolin, oh. how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. You know, flowing into that off-season vibe. Just not staying up watching the Phillies anymore, even though I kind of miss them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not getting let down. Yeah, I'm in that boat. I'm in that boat now. Um, I just. They let us down so badly, but uh, I still miss waking up and watching the highlights. I'll look at my phone like, oh, no scheduled games. Okay. It's like that already. But at the same time, I don't know about you guys. I can't watch the postseason too much because it's just not the same. It's like I watched that Mariners game. Was it Saturday night when Mitch Hanninger came through? I was just going to say that. And it was amazing. Like the moment was amazing. Dave Sims call commentary was incredible this atmosphere the scenes and I'm, I'm just sat there thinking that's so cool but imagine if that was us imagine if that was yeah. citizens bank park imagine if that was t-mac going uh hoskins into left field <laughs> one run scores two run scores everyone goes crazy i this is how sad i am i can i just i just go to sleep thinking about it and i'm like uh it's so cool for the mariners and they, they just missed out but I just, I sit there watching postseason baseball and big moments like that thinking, oh, one day, one day, one day we're going to get it. Uh, See, we- I, was a, I was a Mariners fan first, so I stay with Oh, what? What? But, That's exclusive. Know, I, when, I was, when I was a child, I was a huge Mariners fan because of Ken Griffey Jr. And, um, you know, he wasn't playing for the Mariners exceptionally over the time when I, when I came over from the U.S., but I just learned who Ken Griffey Jr. was and I was like, oh my gosh, this man is the coolest person I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and I, it was like always my dream to own a pair of his shoes, which I found a pair at a thrift store not too long ago. And I was ecstatic. Um, because You I found Ken store. Griffey Jr. shoes at a thrift store. I found, I, <laughs> I found fresh, fresh waters at, at a thrift store in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I about lost it. Um, I, they were a size too small. I don't care. I have yeah. them proudly displayed uh, back at home at my at my parents' house. I have them very proudly displayed because I'm not touch- They're not going anywhere. 
I just don't have anywhere to put them in my in my new apartment. But um, what a cool story! So anyway, I was a, that's amazing. I was a Mariners fan first, but Philadelphia was the only place I could really go to. Well, that or New York, and who would want to support a New well, York team? Yeah, that's right. So I, I, New York's when I was living in season's gone now. When I was living in Central Jersey, Philadelphia was the only option. So I grew up going to Philadelphia Phillies games, and here we are, years of pain later. Individual you see before you, but if you would say to Mariners fan, the pain would have been even longer. I, honestly, you're probably right, but also I would have been a fan of the most winningest team in the history of baseball. So, well, not the most winningest in terms of cumulative, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. won the most games in <laughs> what was that, 2001. So you literally went from top to bottom. The best day ever, it would have been for me, but no. No longer, no longer. That loss is our game again, Alex. Oh, is it though? Is it really? <laughs> Alex, don't put yourself down. You know it is. We're sure losing a lot. No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna raise some spirits, guys. <laughs> we're gonna raise some spirits because, again, ten years, ten years, and my whole fandom <laughs> without postseason baseball after. Coming, was it even close in the end? I don't know. It wasn't really, was it? It was, again, that whole Brave series reminded me of the race series last year. It was just a whimper. It was, it was pretty poor in the end. Um, I think it hurt more this year because the Phillies were so up and down. They would go four games ahead, then get come back straight away. Then they'd full four, five games behind, and then make it back up straight away, then go ahead straight away. So the real proper roller coaster of motions this season, which, ugh, doesn't help. It doesn't help. But I'm going to ask you guys for your favorite moment of the season and your lowest moment of the season. And I think our favorite moments are going to roughly be the same. Uh, Bolin, I'm going to start with you. What was your highlight of the whole Philly season? Listen, I voted on your poll for my highlight. Oh, it was Wheeler. Yeah. It was that complete game shutout. The energy and just, you know, we were all on such a high. It was on our some type of win streak we were on, right? Eight. Yeah, yeah, eight, yeah. Right? Yeah, that entire, you felt like the team really had something going then and they were going to hold on to it. That was my high for sure for the season. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, that whole weekend was amazing. That made me so proud to be a Phillies fan, not because just the win streak, but because the Phillies showed yet again what a class organization they are because they nailed it. The, the, the true low, uh, the, the, the day for him and then Roy Halliday and all the, the celebrations and the tribute and the statue unveiling and it was and the, the number unveiling and it was great and you don't you don't see any other team go to that extent to honor their legends and I, I just it made me so proud to be a Phillies fan and then just yeah the Wheeler two hit shutout and those two hits were quite unlucky as well one the first inning and one the ninth inning I think it was uh, but the whole, you're right, the energy. Like, I felt we were on beatable after that. I was like, there's no way yeah. we're blowing this. And then we had to play the Dodgers right after, and they sort of brought us back <laughs> down to reality. And then the Reds, and then the D-backs. Um, but, yeah, it was just a magic. The, the, the Citizens Bank Park, I think that's my favorite highlight in the last 10 years of being a fan was, was that. Really? Weekend. Just because it gave me, for the first time in years, and maybe ever, a proper playoff vibe like citizens bank park was rocking you could feel it you could feel it here and oh when wheeler got that, that final strikeout on alonzo i was quite emotional i was like 
Oh my God, this is it. This is it. T-Mac nailed the call the night before when Kennedy got that. Was it a six out save? And he had, he showed loads of emotions. He was pumping his fist. He's like, oh my God, the players have come alive. It's a real camaraderie. Everyone's believing. This is it. This is it. And yeah, then the Dodgers, Reds, D-backs. <laughs> Knocked us right back down to reality. Paul, uh, then what would be your worst moment of the season? What one? There's, there's a few. There's a few to pick from. But what really stands out as, ah, this this doesn't get much lower. Yeah, I mean, we certainly have a list. I would, <laughs> yeah. um, I think mine is the Ian Kennedy Rockies game. Oh, and we had one out to go, and he gave up that homer. <sighs> one strike. I think that's my worst moment of the season. One strike to go. Yeah, one strike. Was, correct. Was, one was, strike. It was, it was horrible. Was one, count, one two. Count. That was visceral for me. That when you said that, Ballin, that was visceral. That <laughs> you just feel yourself sick. just deflate. <laughs> that really made my heart sink. Oh, ouch. Yeah. That's yeah. my worst moment of the season, even though there's probably some I'm forgetting about. That one's top of mind for me. No, because it, it, it's brought back the pain straight away. I'm, I'm taken straight back to that moment. Yeah. That, uh, Alex, let's go back to the highest. Highest moment, Alex. What was yours? <laughs> I, I'm torn between. I really loved that Aaron Nola's complete game shout out of the card. Yeah. That was like one of my, I feel like it's not brought up a lot when people are talking about highlights, but like that was, it was early on in the season. I was like, you know, I was feeling it. I was like, this team, this team could, could, could work. Um, and then, you know, Aaron Nola comes out to the mound. It was when everybody was still very happy with Aaron Nola <laughs> before we knew anything about his vaccination status or, you know, <laughs> how much he didn't want to hear about us complain about his, you know, poor pitching effort. Um, but, you know, I, I really, cause I was at that game and I was with my dad and it was always, you know, that was really fun. And, um, you know, I, I had a good time with that one, but I, I also, this is cliche. I really love the Luke Williams Homer just cause yeah. everybody knows I love my prospects and I, you know, I, I probably knew a lot more about Luke Williams than a lot of people did, you know, come when he came up to the, to the, to the major league club and, uh, just seeing him and his family and like all that stuff really it it did make me emotional I was like very uh, very happy for him and like just super I was psyched for him the year that he was having I mean he already had done amazing things for the Olympic team and how was it he was having a great minor league year before he went off to the Olympic team it was it was great so I was just super happy for him I love seeing stuff like that happen um, so it's it's probably tied between those two for me though the the Wheeler and Doc game was like oh yeah, you guys talking about it just even makes me because anything having to do with Doc these days just makes me kind of tear up. But like, because he was just my idol in like every respect when I was younger. But um, it, just all of those moments were. There were some great moments. This there, was, year, there, huh? there was some, there some was really some, good ones. The highs for a great Phillies yearbook. Yeah, would have made for a great Phillies yearbook. The highs were high, but the lows were the lows were brutal, brutal lows. I think Nola's uh, was it twelve Ks in a row. Yeah, the the was, the. Yeah, that was awesome. Mess, that right? was special. Luke Williams, you're right. That was the ultimate baseball fairy tale. That's what baseball's all about, right? That's what you dream of a of a walk off home run on your first career hit with your family there, and it was so raw. You could see the emotion on his face. Like we, we like we were living it through him, even when he was running around the bases. His smile, his like, oh my god, what have I just done? While he's running around the bases, his family in tears. That interview after was just so pure raw and i loved it oh. 
it just shows the human element yeah. behind the players, which is something I, I like because it's relatable, of course. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, uh, honorable mention. Do you know what I really love this season? Hector Neris, late on, do you, do you know when he, he was under it, under pressure with the bases even loaded and he got the ball himself, marched over to that first base and did that big stamp at first base yes. as if to say, you can count on me. And I love, I love. He had a couple of those moments too. He had a couple of those moments. And look, I have, I love Hector more than just because of all the vast experiences that I've had, you know, either covering the team or like, you know, doing anything with the team, getting to like talk to Hector Neris one-on-one is the greatest experience I've had in baseball period. Like he is the most jovial human being on the whole planet. He is never not kidding around. Like he is just, and, and people would like, like last year, especially when I'd say my favorite Philly is Hector Neris. People would say, uh, but he lost us so many games this, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. like, that's, it's the human element, Dave. Like people don't understand the human element of these guys. And like Hector is so, oh man, he just makes me want to be a more positive person. Like he does, yep. he has that effect on you. Like, Man, he is. It could not have happened to a better person this year just to come out of you know that that stopper spot and just be as lights out as he was. I mean, could not have happened at a better time for him. I hope even if he's you know, I'd be I'd be distraught. But even if he's not in red pins, he's coming back. He better get a darn good somewhere. He better. Dombrowski loves him. He was talking in the presser earlier, and Dombrowski's pretty much said, well, in lesser words, he'll be back. He's a big fan of Hector. And do you know what? Every blown save, I, I I was gutted, but I wanted to run out there and to the mound and just protect him from all the hate he was going to get on. Yes, that. I wanted to be there, and like back off, back off him, <laughs> just leave him alone, you know? Because ah, uh, he is. He comes across on TV, and he, it's such. You said it, jovial guy. Everyone you talk to who's met Hector said he's he's, and even in the clubhouse, he's a huge presence in the clubhouse. You even got a sneak peek during spring training with those videos. You know, what a great guy. Hector. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> team, need him. Team, team needs need him. Team needs Hector. They do. And in that seventh inning, eighth inning role, he was great. He was great. Obviously, every bullpen player lets up some runs. He let, he let up a couple of runs, but it was nothing drastic. It was nothing that, oh, made him no worse than anybody else. It was just... 98 strikeouts and 50-something. And the all-time Philly oh, strikeout leader. Oh, um, like, oh whatever. Uh, I mean, he, even when he got that record last weekend, just speaking to his character, there wasn't a single person who wasn't smiling and just overjoyed exactly. on the broadcast on Twitter. Everyone had great things to say about Hector. You know, Tom McCarthy was like singing his praises for, you know, almost 10 minutes. Like, yeah, I loves him because he's the sweetest dude on the planet. He really is. I huge fan. Huge this is fan. this is a Hector Neris Stan podcast and account. And we, <laughs> all, we all are. I will go Always. to battle for my for my man. Um, what, what also favorite moments that comeback against Washington Nationals from seven 0 down the Brad Miller oh. slam was just, especially being able to watch it live as well. That was that was amazing, you know. And again, another moment of the season where it got you believing. You're like, yes, yes, we're gonna make it. And then <laughs> quickly brought you back down to earth. But what a fitting way for Miller to walk off of a grand slam because we went seven 0 down, tied it in the ninth seven seven. They went back ahead in the tenth. And then, yeah, Miller walked off the Grand Slam. Uh, I had one more. I've forgotten it. Ah, it'll come back to me. Um, shall we grade some of these players? Do the old annual end-of-season grades? 
Let's do it. I just, just not to bring anybody down, but I do oh, have no. to say my lowest moment because I, oh, I yeah, lost my moment because this is like, it's a historic, it's a historic thing for me. I don't, oh, I hope my internet, I just got a notification that my internet connection is unstable, whatever. Um, I think that this is like the first time that this has ever happened to me. I, I always watch every Phillies game in completion. Like, you know, I never turn it off. Does not matter what's going on. Like, cause it's, you know, it's part of what I do, but I, for the first time, like ever, I turned off the last game against the diamondbacks. I turned it off in the, in the sweep. I turned it off. I did. I was just like, there, there is out of like, because I, I was ready, I lost the Dodgers series. I was like, hey, you're, it's okay to lose to teams that you're supposed to lose to. Like, that's fine. They lost the Red Series. I was like, okay. Like, you know, these things happen. They're a good team. They're in wildcard contention. It doesn't matter. And then they got swept. And I was just like, I can't with this. Like, I, this is like too much. I don't know. There was too much good for there to be that much bad. I was like, oh, I got to turn this off. And so I did. And that, the first was, time and, that was, and that was never done that before. That was seven days after the Wheeler shot out. Seven days after. I think, and yeah, that was it hurt. That was it my lowest hurt. moment that D back sweep just because it, it just took the wind out of everybody's sails from the high of a week ago and that Met series and everything around that to just being back to feeling dejected and just, oh, really? Really? Um, and then the, the Pirates series and the Rocky series. Um, <laughs> Marlin, that was a brutal Marlin series. <laughs> that was, yeah, damn, those teams tough. are good. Um, right, let's uh, let's start with cool. some pictures. Um, let's, let's keep it quite brief. Let's just not go too in depth, but uh, start with the main man, the Cy Young candidate, Zach Wheeler. What a what a year! Like nothing but an A. I, I can't. Like, he, he's gone above and beyond, right? Balling, you can't knock him. Oh yeah, A plus. A plus, yeah. You guys, I'm up. giving an A plus too, but he's one of them. Alex, no, there's not a lot more we can add to okay. what's been said about him oh. this year. No, I mean, for how much he was ridden too. I mean, I, everybody knows, got my frustrations with, with the manager. Uh, but, uh, we'll get you to know, I, I, we, oh, we will. Oh, believe <laughs> we, we, we will. We'll get to believe I don't think there's a letter to describe that grade, um, but I really, I, I, I think that for how much he was counted on this year, where would this, I, we say like jokingly, like, oh, where would this team be without Ronald Torres? Oh, where would this, where would this team be without Zach Wheeler? Yeah, like actually, absolutely. without Zach Wheeler and then one other guy that will. Yeah, get he, he, he carried the pitching oh, side of the, unreal. Of the whole unreal. team, you know especially when Eflin went down and Nola was really at the peak of his struggling and we still had Matt Moore and Chase Anderson at the back end and of our offense. You have to wonder what would have happened if he didn't have to be ridden so hard. Like if he yeah. didn't have, if, if they didn't have to keep consecutively riding him into the eighth inning, what would it like, you could have saved his arm a little bit more. He probably would have come out and pitched a lot better the next day or than his next outing. Like he probably would have had far better season totals were it not for, yeah, absolutely. To ride him incessantly, uh, which is, you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, there were 
Zach Wheeler, A plus, A star, A star, 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 star. You know, brilliant. Cy Young, we actually we've got a Cy Young candidate in our team, right? Like that's come from nowhere, and we all thought it would be sort of Nola, didn't we? Not long ago, well, a year ago, and Zach Wheeler. What a deal that's turned out to be. Let's go to Ranger Suarez. Born in Ranger Suarez, what would you give Power Ranger? Ranger's got to be BB plus, I think. He surprised yeah. us all. He was ended up at the end of the season being, you know, one of our most reliable guys. Um, yeah, like I'm so excited to watch him next year too. So the whole, I got to give him like a B or B plus. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, Ranger, that's right. Ranger Suarez in that rotation with Wheeler. Hopefully a better Nola and a Gibby with a, a full off season behind him to get himself back together. And I think if he comes back well, I'm quietly optimistic about our rotation next year. We'll get into it later on. But Suarez, I gave him an A minus because he surprised everybody and he maintained it all season. I can I can think of one bad game he had, but the ball, and he came into the season late, and that's tough for a pitcher because he had did he have COVID issues? No, he had an issue, a visa issue. At the no, start not of the season. this year. It was, it was, yeah, it was primarily visa issues. And then, you know, obviously he had to ramp up stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So he had, he was brought into the team late. He started the season late. He was a bit behind. And wow. And I, when they put him in the rotation, I was against it. I was like, keep, you got to keep in the bullpen. It's Most like, people were. Yeah. I you think, are I looking think, at yeah. the poster child of yeah, being yeah. mad that, <laughs> they, that, they, that they put him in the rotation. And I couldn't be more wrong. But well, yeah, we all and what a what a great I'm glad we were we were all wrong. Alex Ranger Suarez. What he's, a, a, he's an A plus wow. for me. I I I think that honestly, the when I said where would this team be without Zach Wheeler and one other person, it's Ranger Suarez. Like where in the world what would they have done with they would yeah. have had to have been two bullpen two bullpen games in in, in this uh in, in the second but half. It already was like, really two bullpen games a week. <clears throat> That's because, because unreal. More, yeah, more Anderson, Nefflin, yeah. um, and Vinette Vince weren't going five, six innings. So we already were having just two bullpen games ludicrous. a season, a week. Yeah. As, with with Ranger, especially just for me, it's an, what makes it an A plus is that they asked so, so much of him to, to have him go from reliever to closer to starter. I just, I don't know any person any pitcher any anything that's ever done that before like bounced from this spot to this spot to this spot and excelled at every spot not only that done historic things out of out of that spot uh, i mean the 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 great thing about Ranger suarez what, what makes me excited to watch him further is that not only do his base numbers look really good the peripherals look fantastic yeah they do. and i i'm not gonna sit here and spout numbers off at you but like he had one of the best fastballs in baseball this year period end of story like just in terms of how you know, how hard it was hit, how many times he missed bats with it. A good fastball is the best pitch in baseball. Like the the yeah. that is so exciting, and the way that he's able to pinpoint it and be so sharp, uh, you know, every time, even when he doesn't have his best stuff. We saw that game against was it the Pirates? I can't remember. He had he had one game where he was just like he was a little off, and he still battled. He allowed two like runs. And, and and one inning, uh, sorry, it he was, two runs in one inning. That's right. Yeah, and he bounced back. But like. Uh, come on like if that's the his when he's having a bad day come on like you have to be excited about what you're going to see from him in the future so it's it's an a plus for me i think he was yeah let's go on to nola oh yeah yeah, yeah. let's aaron, aaron while well, we're at it because aaron knows it's on the list uh how would you grade that that well it was a bad year for aaron nola there's no it's disappointing disappointing year with the high expectations he sort of uh, 
I'm still rooting for him. Like, I'm not giving up on Nola. We know he's better. We've seen better from Aaron. What was Alex? What was the main? What was what was the main thing that went wrong for Aaron? What what made his season sort of snowball? Because he couldn't get out of jams this year, where previously he was so good. But once he started snowballing, he couldn't stop it. So my original theory was in 2019, he complained about the laces on the baseball when they changed it initially. Um, and he was saying he couldn't get a proper grip. And then obviously, you know, he, he put up a career worst season. Well, what was a career worst season until 2021. Um, but even then his, his numbers that year were not that bad. Um, they were, they were still, you know, relatively solid. He just couldn't throw his, his two seam, which is his bread and butter. That is legitimately what makes him such a called strike and, and, uh, swing strike god is that you know he misses bats with his two seam and uh you know he gets a lot of um called strikes as well especially on backdoor front door so i thought initially it was because he was missing the two seam turns out that was probably not the case um he started throwing his sinker a little bit more often uh towards the end of the year and it still wasn't still wasn't catching he still wasn't commanding it very well so uh, you know, I still think it could be, could be the laces, could be the baseball, whatever it might be. Uh, all I know is that the, the two strike approach was, was pitiful for him this year. And yeah. I don't think it was even the approach that really had that much of a problem. It was just the ability to execute on two strikes was not there. Um, and that's really disappointing because that's, you know, what makes Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola. He's a deceptive pitcher. Um, he's supposed to be able to get you out on that second strike. Uh, and just didn't happen. Uh, so it was really, for me, I'm, I'm giving him a D. I think that is, that might even be generous. I mean, based on what we expected from him, uh, and it my honestly, the thing that most disappoints me is because I love Aaron Nola. My dog is named after Aaron Nola. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> that, that was, that's what did it. Too that, much pressure. Oh, it, it aged so <laughs> poorly. That is my worst tweet of all time is, is <laughs> naming my dog. But um, I, I think that <laughs> The thing that, that disappointed me the most was the way that he handled his struggles. Um, he, he didn't keep, you know, that same composure that he always has, like in pressers and anything. It was just very like, you know, he, he turned, and I hate using the fan base as like a, a thermometer for like how much we should, you know, like or trust players or whatever. But like he turned the majority of the fan base against him just because he wasn't like, he wasn't him, himself like both on the field and off. He just was not. And then obviously the whole thing with the Phillies not being at the 85% mark for so long and all that stuff kind of blew up for him and just a bad year all around. Yeah. Terrible year, in fact. And I think a D is generous, but I, I do think he, he came up in some spots where, you know, it, it warrants better than an F. So gets a D for me. Ball in. I'm giving him a D as well. I'm, I'm right there with Alex. Um, we just couldn't count on him this year at all, honestly. Anytime it was an Ola day, you didn't know what to expect, and that's not how it used to be in the past, you know? So, yeah, an absolute D. But I also agree with Alex. I think he'll still be number two next year. I don't think he'll get bumped for Ranger. But, uh, <sighs> yeah. So keep some positivity, yeah. The, the peripherals look great. I mean, <laughs> that is not really the, uh, the most exciting thing to say, but, like, Every predictive metric on planet Earth has Aaron Nola turning it around next year, which is... Right, and fourth man rotation, Gibby. And Gibby, for me, C sort of gives you what, for me, gave me what you want out of your back end of the rotation. And he, he wasn't bad. 
Bolin, did you see enough from Gibby to, I don't know. For me, he was better than Vince, better than Moore, better than Anderson. And it was, I thought he did job done for the back end of the rotation. Yeah, he was better than them. And I think, honestly, at trade deadline, it almost felt like somewhat of a letdown because people were expecting a bit more. Um, And then when we saw a little bit out of him after that, you know, people kind of started to get his trust. Um, Yeah, I mean, like you said, a C, there's not much, there's not too many highlights, but there's also not a whole lot of, you know, major issues that I had with what he was putting out there this year. Um, I don't know. I I honestly want to say it's kind of forgettable in a way. Like it's just nothing really stands out, you know? Yeah, I was trying to think of some Gibby my big highlights this year, and I, I can't really. He was just the home run. Oh, he was just fine. oh the home I was run. Say yeah. his oh my god, is, is not pitching. Yeah, yeah, the home <laughs> run, of course. He had like five hits for the Phillies. It was great. <laughs> oh, Gibby, I've done, I've done you a disservice. I'm sorry. No. Of course, <laughs> yeah, the home run. <laughs> so offensively sound. Oh, he was great. great. <laughs> yeah, great <laughs> offensively. Um, but, yeah, he's just fine. It's- Kyle Gibson overall gets a C minus or a C for me. I think that I expected a little bit better than, than what we did get, especially towards the end of the year. Yeah. He tailed uh, away a little bit. It was, it was, it was solid for the most part. I was, I was pretty happy with, with what we got. So, you know, it's fine. It's a C, C minus average. Perfect. All right. So that's the starting rotation quickly. The bullpen. Yep. Another, another poor, poor year for the bullpen, but, there are some bright spots. I'm going to start with Connor Brogdon. I really like Connor Brogdon. I think he's got a good future in the bullpen. Next year going forward, I'm excited to see Connor Brogdon. Um, I-, I give him a C with a lot more to come. Balling, Connor Brogdon, he looks like he could be a really, for me, a really sure fit in that bullpen and a reliable arm. Which is what we need, honestly. We need yeah. really- more than anything out there um yeah I would say like C plus some part of me wants to give him a B minus not sure if I'm being too generous but also who did I give a B plus to earlier and you guys all gave A minuses to so maybe I'm being a little Ranger Suarez yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's how short I forgot already but um yeah probably C plus B minus for Brogdon I think you know it looks promising in the future um but also would like to see a bit more um but yeah, like we said, reliability, it's just what we need. So if he's the guy that we can look to, you know, to kind of set some things up for us in the game, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and Alex, I think early in the season, Brogdon's ERA inflated because he had that one bad outing in the horrendous rain. And I can't think who it was against, but Girardi kept him out. It was the Giants. Out. It was the Giants at the beginning of the season. Girardi kept him out and he got blown up with, in, in, in the wind. And Oh, I remember. And by the Giants, and that 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 inflated his his numbers. If you take that away, and his bad outings have come stagnated in the season, but when that happens, it, it sort of does go wrong. But on the whole, Connor Brogdon, you you excited for him next year in the bullpen? Oh yes, I mean I I love Connor Brogdon. <laughs> I'm just quickly pulling up his baseball reference page Ooh. to tell you um, that uh, he allowed 22 earned runs uh, this season, seven of which came in that outing against the Giants. Yeah, yeah. So. You'd be looking at, due to my, my quick math here, please uh, give me one moment while I very 15. quickly tell you. Uh, eh, eh. He would have a 2.36 ERA this season without that outing. 
That's good. So, yeah, that's pretty darn good. Uh, I love Connor Brogdon. I've loved Connor Brogdon for a long time. Very excited. Um, mostly because I think he remember last year he came up against the Red Sox and got absolutely obliterated in his first outing. Um, and that was just kind of sad. Uh, and then he came back up in, you know, the second half and dominated. He was excellent. Um, and this year it was kind of the same story. He had started a little bit rocky. Um, you know, that, that Giants game was early on in the season. Um, he got pummeled and then slowly, slowly started working his way. You know, the RA just kept coming down, down, down. And I love him. He has, you know, he has three great pitches, the cutter and the changeup mm. are, are excellent. He mixes them really well. The fastball touched 99 this year. That's all I need. I, I am <laughs> very, very happy with, you know, I bought stock in Connor Brogdon very early and I, I love him. Um, and also, you know, he is a really hard worker from everything that I've heard from people that, yep, you know, yeah. work with him on a daily basis, really hard worker just is all about, he's kind of got that Charlie, the Charlie Morton brain where he's just like, I'm just going to go out there and throw harder. And he does. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's awesome to see. And for a, a long lanky kid, he sure pumps a lot of gas. And, uh, I, I was really, I was really, really happy with him this year. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to stick to the C plus. I'm going to air more towards the, the ball inside of things here. I definitely think, uh, He's got a bright future with the Orioles. Yeah, he, really he, does. he, he one went, of those guys, the unsung hero. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I was going to say he's 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 not spoke about that much. He is quite unsung, but he he went three and out at the start of the year, didn't he? He had three wins. He was the first yeah. ever relief. Yeah, he, he early early he was in the first five games. Yeah, he was like third in the in the National League in, in wins. Like, yeah. <laughs> in the second week, which was. Oh, great times when we were winning baseball games. That was great. That was good. Uh, Alvarado, uh, what a roller coaster. Um, yeah, when he's good, damn, he's he's good. When he's off, he's he's quite scary, bit erratic. Uh, Bolin, Alvarado, he he puts he puts the fear in opposing batters, doesn't he? You know. See, when I think about it, all I can think of him is like being all over the place. You know. <laughs> It's quite erratic. Is exactly is that I. I don't know. I think I'm gonna give him like a C minus. I'm kind of like putting these average C's out there right now, but <laughs> that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, like you just never really knew what you were gonna get from him when he was coming out of the pen sometimes, and I think that kind of. But exactly when he was on that night he was on it. You know, nobody was, so I just C minus. Uh. Yeah. I've got a feeling we've got a few of these C minus errors coming up in a minute as well. In the pen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex Alvarado, like the highlight for me stands out more than anything was that rock he had with the Mets. Oh, uh, the best. Uh, yeah. That was, that was, I don't know what he was saying. It was Spanish, but it was all there. I got <laughs> so excited. I uh, love his passion. Yeah, I do. I was going to say, him and Neris share the. He's very animated. Yeah, he is. Sure. And, and I like that because that's I how I would be on the mound, I think, because I'm not good at hiding my mouth, as you've all seen in the. We've seen you on the video. slide. There know. should be a slip and slide from the bullpen to the mound when you get to pitch. <laughs> yes. When you get to pitch, you'd be like Jared Hughes. They'd unfurl this whole thing for Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. That, that is actually how I would do it. Yeah, that is. I'll be out of breath. Bullpen be... cart. Who needs it? Who needs yeah. it? I'd be there before the bullpen cart. <laughs> but Alvarado. Uh, yeah, I think bowling actually summed it up pretty good. C minus. Uh, 
we'd like to see more, I think, more consistency, that's for sure. And we've I give him a C. We've got we've got Sir Anthony coming back next year, uh, for hopefully a whole season. Um, and Jojo, Jojo could be back next season as well. But uh, right, offense, we'll we'll fly through these just really brief. First up, JT, down season for JT, carrying an injury. Uh, for me, uh, again, my C C minus air wasn't. I don't know. It was the injury. We don't know how bad the injury is. We don't know what exactly the injury is. Um, again, balling. I sort of hope for more from JT, but I don't know. I suppose he's come from such a high level to maintain that with an injury. That's that's going to be tough. Yeah, I would say it was underwhelming. Um, yeah, that's the word. That's the word. Underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's all it really was, you know. And with all the excitement and the hype that he had coming into this season with the entire sign JT campaign, you know, there's a oh, lot of t-shirt there. Yeah. <laughs> t-shirt, but there's just so much to live up to there. And, you know, if he falls short of it, it's fairly obvious. And I think this season, it, it just, it was obvious. He wasn't what we had seen in seasons past. Um, so yeah, I'm probably on the same page. I'll give him, I think just a flat C, honestly. Yeah. I don't know if I have too many um, like high notes to give him like a B or a B minus or anything like that. Yeah, and runners in scoring position, again, was a big thing for, for JT because he, he's in the middle of the lineup. We need him to come through. And it, so often uh, it fell flat on its face so many times. Alex, JT, like he's still good behind the plate. He's still good. For me, I'm, I'm going to give him a C plus. Um, I'm, you know, I give fair weight to the numbers sometimes, maybe to a fault at times as well. But, you know, <laughs> I think he was a very contributive player, at least from the defensive standpoint. Uh, you know, he's not catching as many runners stealing because it's not as many runners are actually. Well, exactly. Running. I think that's, that's very flawed. So that's, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that are saying, oh, he's regressing, he's regressing. And yeah, the power took a huge dip this year. It did. But I'm also of the opinion that, like, in order to properly weigh statistics, you need to, like, make sure that the player was put in a good position to succeed. And we already know JT Real Muto does not hit well with runners in scoring position. Why, then, is he your five-hole hitter for the majority Agreed. of the year? Like, Agreed. we know this. So, you know, he, there is no situation in which JT Real Muto should be your five-hole hitter, which is why they need a middle-of-the-order bat this offseason, as Dave Dombrowski addressed earlier today. You know, they need a middle order of the bat that is going to drive in the runs. JT Romuto is excellent when he's, you know, hitting in the six hole. But, you know, he shouldn't be leading off. He shouldn't be batting second. He shouldn't be hitting fifth. Uh, he shouldn't be any of those big RBI positions probably shouldn't be where he's at. But if you have a guy like JT Romuto hitting sixth, you know, your lineup's pretty good because he's a good hitter unless you put him in these, you know, or so the numbers say, unless you put him in these really high leverage scenarios all the time. Yeah. That's fine. C plus is the overall grade. This next one, Ballin, the floor is all yours because it's your man. It's your man, Ballin. <laughs> you Segura. Ballin, the floor is yours. Dearly beloved. Um, <laughs> guys, it's a B plus for Bobini. Absolutely. B for Bobini. I mean, he was great. I think, 
you could always count on him to get on base. You know, you could go on Twitter after every single Gene Segura at bat. And it was just like, all Gene does is hit. It was all anyone wanted to talk about. It was all I wanted to talk about, you know? Um, and I, I love his energy as well. I think he has great energy. Um, and yeah, he was one of our more reliable guys at the plate this year, for sure. Um, I'm giving him a B plus. Yeah, like he was robbed of an all-star place. Like, oh, what was that about? Yeah. Why? Why? He was... His numbers were so absurd at the All-Star break. I don't understand. I yeah, don't. it's crazy. And he's not, again, unsung. Because no one else in baseball talks about this guy. Yet he's, to me, he's one of the best out there this year. What a year he's had. I'm going to put Nicky Maton, Luke Williams, Jankowski and co together. The youngsters that come through. Because oh. I think they all contributed really well. They all had their moments. They all sort of faded away once they got sort of worked out. But Alex, do you think we're going to see a lot of Williams and Maton again and Jankowski <laughs> next season or? Sir, take Travis Jankowski out of that grouping <laughs> right now. I, I say it. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, look, I, there was a long point, you know, maybe two weeks ago where I was like really talking myself into like, okay, well, if they sign a defense first shortstop, like in and Simmons or something like, I could see Nick Maton platooning oh, it. Unveiling, for a couple sorry, unveiling in there as well. Like, so again, I love, I love my my prospects here, but you know, these are guys that again, I just constantly get. Uh, two years ago, maybe like getting text messages about some of these guys because we're in the pan, we're in a pandemic. Like, uh, we don't get all the information we want to from you know these these minor league affiliates all the time. Um, and I was just like, especially Matt Veerling, I was getting texts about Matt Veerling all the time. Nick Maton, I was getting great, great reviews on Nick Maton. Um, and like, you know, the organization showed a lot of confidence in those guys this year um, because they kind of had to, but also because, you know, they deserved it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them really played well. I mean, I was very outraged over the playing time that all of them received, um, but we'll get to that, I'm assuming. Um, but uh, yeah, I just... I really think that the Phillies got some underrated contribution from a lot of their young guys this year. Absolutely. Um, and even if it wasn't on an extended period, because they weren't being given enough at bats for it to be under an extended period. But even if it wasn't, it was, there was a game where you can point to each of these guys and say, wow, like yeah. that, you know, that he really contributed to that game. Nick Mateson had like the, that four for four game or something like and, that. And all the doubles, Williams. all the doubles he came yeah. up with. The, the, the walk-off home run uh, for Luke Williams, Matt Veerling had, Two tank shots. Love him. I love Matt Veeling. Hit everything I like Matt hard. Veeling a lot. Yeah, you better because <laughs> I hope he's going to get a lot of playing time next year. I mean, <laughs> truly, like it's it it really makes me happy to see. You know, it's something we haven't seen a lot of. And you know, again, Ranger Suarez. We got contribution from Ranger Suarez. Connor Brogdon. Yep. We got contribution from a lot of these young guys. So that makes me really happy. Um, and it it is a it is a sure sign that things are hopefully going to continue trending that way where they can continue to get some help from, from well, the minors. But Well, Alex, oh. you'll be happy to hear. In my notes, listening to Dombrowski, I felt like a little report at home. Can you hear and get that down? Get that down. He said he wants more young players blended in uh, earlier and contributing more throughout the season. Uh, and in which then he went to talk about Bryson Stott, who they're seriously looking at next season as well. And uh, I think quickly off peak but start if he has a good spring training could be uh could be hammering on the door for a shortstop position but Dave Dombrowski was definitely saying he wants young players blended in 
He won't blood that blood. Might as well have said blood it in. Was get it in. together, Joe? He, yeah, he it was. That's well how I took it. it. That's how I took he it. He literally as, might as well have said it. Because because yeah, that's that's how it came across. He, I don't know. Is it age envy? Is it like I, I don't know I what it is. Envy. He just hates anybody under the age of twenty-eight. It just, like nobody's gonna. If you are under, it's like there's a limit. You have to be, you know, this old to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, even I, in the final I series against the Marlins, get them all in. Why are you just get them all in? Like, why wasn't even like the Bones last three games the, of the season? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what were we doing when we were already was, eliminated? Like, and why? Why in God's name? Like, why? If you're gonna try any different lineup combinations, why in God's name in the second to last game of the season is number thirty-seven leading off? With his 291 on base percentage, yeah. when you've got Matt Beerling, a guy that is guaranteed to be on this team next year, sitting on the bench. I don't understand. Yeah. It, it sounded like the Dombrowski's had a word with Diddy and told him, you got to buck your ideas up, basically, yeah. because you, you're going to be on the bench. He's going to stay because we've got, we've, we've got to pay him, haven't we, really? Two years. What was it? <laughs> um, from uh, clutch to cutch. Uh, I'm, you know, I love him. I'm going to, I'm going to miss it. I'm really, really going to miss Kutch. Just as, just not even him on the, in the field or batting, just his presence, just watching him in general, just seeing his Instagram and, and just, oh, oh he's not leaving the planet, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> he, but what, what a guy, what a pro, what a career. Didn't. Uh, that injury was it two years ago? That bad injury he had was it last season? Yeah. Really, yeah, I, I can't help but feel that knocked him off his stride a little bit, and we didn't get the full catch. Um, but still, bowling he had those moments still. Quite a few home runs this year as well. He still had the power. The bat speed's not as good as it used to be, obviously, because his his hands used to be wow, one of the quickest in the game. But would you have him back next year? Would you like to see him back? Because it's gonna be tough. We're gonna have to. I think we're gonna have to offer him a bench roll. Because it's gonna be tough. But yeah, he has to agree to a bench roll, and Joe Girardi has to swear that he's not gonna try and start him like every day. You know, Joe is like he can't do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like. I mean, of course, I absolutely do not know him personally, but I feel like he is. You know, they say he's one of those clubhouse guys, and you know, in a leadership role if he knows that he can still lead the team from the bench and still bring the energy and, you know, be one of those vets that can guide all the younger guys. When you're at that point in your career, why would you say no to an opportunity like that to kind of, you know, mentor these guys, you know, not to even like point it back to like Chase Utley when he went to LA, right. He was playing every day and a lot of the time he shouldn't have been, um, but he was such a mentor for like Corey Seager and guys like that. So mm. I think if we had Kutch in that role next year, that would be great. But I don't want to see him starting every day, unfortunately. I agree. I like if he came back and had that role on the bench, helping the youngsters come through, that'd be huge. It's a big clubhouse presence, big for the youngsters. I suppose it depends if he still feels he can still play every day and gets a nice contract right. elsewhere. I I suppose, and what what are we going to offer him for that bench place, Alex? How do you see it playing out? Uh, my hopes, as much as I'd love to see him back here, like Ballin just said, in that role would be amazing. My hopes aren't sadly too high. What about you, Alex? 
Yeah, I think Phillies fans are going to realize how much they miss Kutch when he's gone. Um, I mean, just one of the best people to ever play the game of baseball. It doesn't matter if he's a Hall of Famer. It doesn't matter if he's whatever. I mean, he's – I don't – I can't remember a more, like, worldwide-liked person in baseball. Than yeah. Andrew McCutch. yeah. Like, just right. such yeah. a lovable dude. But also, like, I – I don't think he's at that point in his career yet. I don't think he's at that point where he's, you know, he's ready to just take a bench role and, you know, be a mentor. I think, look, the fact that he slugged, what, 27 home runs this year. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time he was definitely playing hurt. And I think that is, uh, you know, he probably wants to, after having missed a full year to his ACL tear and then, you know, wanting to help this team as much as he possibly can and also the manager being completely oblivious to, you know, guys playing hurt or, you know, being convinced otherwise to just, cause he, anyway, we'll get to it again. Uh, I have a lot to say about Joe, um, but um, <laughs> I, I will say um, that I think Andrew is going to get a fine deal somewhere else. Um, I, I honestly think the Pittsburgh pirates would be stupid not to bring him back. Um, I think that they, that would be amazing they have for him, first yeah. of all, second of all, he would thrive there. And it, with, with the DH almost nearly guaranteed coming to the National League, they have no excuse not to bring him back. So I, th- I think that he will land a very solid major league deal. You know, he's not going to make multiple, multiple millions of dollars, but he's done well for himself in his career and he's going to get paid. You know, he's at least getting a major league deal um, because he, you know, he had like a 775 OPS this year and it was a down year. And again, probably playing hurt a good majority of the time. So um I think that, that he will do fine for himself. Uh, I don't think he'll be back with the Phillies. I just don't think that it, it makes enough sense. Um, but I, I do think he's going to be fine, and I'm going to love watching him wherever he goes because I, I think he is just one of the coolest people ever in the whole history of the world. Full stop. You can't, yep. you can't, you can't add to that. It, it, yep. that's, bang on. You can't add any more to that. Um, all right, let's do Bryce Harper, and then we'll go into Gerardi because I think we've got a lot to say. <laughs> On the boss. Uh, Bryce Harper, my MVP. Like, what a guy. Like, the fact that his last interview of the season, he said he felt like he let he let the team down, the fans down. It's like, Bryce, no. No, you didn't. <laughs> you carried his team. And then that final series against the Braves and people going, oh, he was very struck out those times, not before. He looked like the guy who had carried the team all season. He looked a guy who... He looked crushed. You could see it. He wanted it so badly. He wanted to get the postseason for the fans, for the for the team, for his teammates. You could see how disappointed he was. A A plus for me. What it like? You can't say again. I can't say any more about Bryce. That's not already been said. Just what a season. And if he wasn't hit in the face and missed for well a few weeks, and then took a while for him to recover when he got back, let's add three four weeks of bit of down because when he got hit in the face he was on fire then he was unbelievable you know we thought a season of his price is going to be amazing we lost four weeks of that where would we have been if we had that four weeks three stepped up at the time but balling Bryce Harper we had an MVP and a Cy Young candidate in this team we didn't make the postseason which is kind of frustrating but looking forward we've got an MVP and a Cy Young in our team to build around which is potentially quite exciting but Bryce Harper balling take it away Yeah, I mean, listen, for the first time in a long time, we had a guy who you could not miss their at-bats. 
you know, we haven't had that in so long where like, if you have to take a bathroom break or if you're at the stadium <laughs> for beer, you're waiting until Bryce Harper's at bat is over. You know, you're not missing that. You paid to be there just to yep. Um, And I think that just, that's everything. You know, there's nothing like the excitement. When's the last time there were MVP chants inside Citizens Bank? I've never heard it. I, I never yeah, heard it. It was so exciting. I, I never heard the it. The atmosphere that Bryce Harper brought on his own was incredible, you know? Um yeah, he carried the team on his back this year. Um, him acting like he let anyone down is just silly. And it's just his, you know, winning mentality is all it really is. Um, even in his, I don't know if you guys read the Sports Illustrated article that came out um, like maybe a week ago or whatever that was with Bryce Harper. Even that, like the whole thing was incredible. Just his, you know, outlook on getting the Phillies to the playoffs to a world series, anything like that. Like he just wants to win. You know, he has a great mentality about it. Um, there's like you said, there's not much more to say that hasn't been said about Bryce Harper this year. It's a plus, 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 like <laughs> yeah, infinity. to the end of that day. Yeah. And you're right. When he came to that bat in some of the big moments, I was standing up uh, here at home. I was like, Come on, Bryce! Like it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, it was the first player I've ever seen since I've been following baseball in the Phillies. That I'm standing up. I'm like, what? I'm standing up. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm gripped. And he came through as well. He came through so many times. Doubles. Uh, oh, RBI. He's got more RBIs with doubles than I think he did with with home runs with runners on base. But exciting, electric player. Oh, every time he hit a home run, he, he, he always like look in his face of, come on then, come on. Oh, he gets it. He gets Philly. Alex, I, the good thing is we, we, we should have another three, four years of this Bryce Harper, you would hope. If not more. If Dave, not more. I, I, I'm trying Nick? to keep. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, for the first time in a while. Yeah. Like, like Ballin said, I, the, the want to win and the fact that everybody says the same thing about him, the want to win was palpable from him. And that was what I think that's what was driving his hot streak and hot streak is a, is a strong word. What was driving his hot five months um, or I guess, you know, the entirety of the season, why not? Um, but like the, that second half was like, no, I, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Like there are some guys where you're like, ah, oh, he's going to cool off eventually. I, Bryce Harper was not going to cool off for as long as the season kept going. Bryce Harper was going to stay high. Like we saw it in the last game. Then he, he hit a, it was either a double or it was a homer and in, in game 162 and then had a walk and scored a run. And that was, that was how he left the season one for one with a walk and a run. Yeah. Yeah. He doubled. Yeah. Yeah. So like, come on now. Like he was never going to cool down and it was so he, he was dripping like just wanting to win. Um, and it, it does disappoint me that, yeah, like he didn't get that this year, but I mean, now we've seen, first of all, just proves that you can never, never underestimate the, like those, those metrics, like weighted runs created. Like when they say like this guy creates on average 43 more runs than any other baseball, player, like they mean it. Bryce Harper is the living definition of like these, these metrics being, totally correct because even in these other two years with Philly which by the way have been excellent Mm -hmm. um you know people have been like oh but he's not a superstar he's not a meanwhile like these peripherals have been saying uh 
he yeah he is he's like a top 10 player in baseball yeah he's a well now he's top. like a now he's like a top five player in baseball at this point so you better watch what you say um but he is like he is he's unbelievable this is exactly what you would expect from prime bryce harper and we are certainly getting our money i mean this season alone is money's worth for for that contract it's it's, un, it's unbelievable you can't put a price on an mvp award and he's he's gonna win it so um pretty pretty awesome you know what I really, really wish is that we had Reese and Bryce hot together at the same time. They're for like I, I two seconds. For two seconds they were. Yeah. I know, I know. And every time Bryce would call off, Reese would step up, and then Reese would call Actually, off, Bryce would come it up. Was and that, then... It was that streak, wasn't it? It was the, the win streak. Was when because Reese finally got back in the lineup. Yep. Reese was yeah, yeah. mashing he mashed three home runs and then he went on the injured list. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because he he came back for a week. Before surgery, didn't he? But he just couldn't. Yeah. I that, even though talk, he even though he crushed four home runs or something, like you know. Yeah, talk about low big points. Deal. Talk about low points of the there. season. Reese going, Reese going having IL and yeah, that's another low. Crushing. Good for me. Just the crushing. number one Phillies boy though. So and I'm gutted for him. And forever, yeah, always. Oh, forever. He's <laughs> yeah. just a man. And the list goes on. Joe Girardi. Say it, Dave. Alex. Say it, yes. Alex, I can tell you like, <laughs> like a coiled spring. About the steam to... is like coming out of Alex's ears right <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Alex, much to say. Joe Girardi, I'm just going to say on my behalf, I was so, ex- I wasn't excited, but I was positive when Girardi first came in. I thought, yes, we've got a winner. We've got a real winner. And he's just, for me, we talked about underwhelming earlier on. For me, just completely underwhelming i don't i don't i'm i don't know baseball inside out like a lot of people but even the decisions to me that some of the something makes just make no sense at all alex <clears throat> floor's yours i have a speech written uh dave <laughs> do you remember where you were the day that joe girardi uh was hired to be the phillies manager oh. would you make a cool story up or just say no i, I can i can answer uh <laughs> you were on a podcast I was. Uh, I was on. I was. I was was on. I was on. I was on cloud nine. I had just. Well, not cloud nine. I had subtle flex. I had just gotten off the phone with Gabe Kapler. We had a lovely conversation. I got a quote. I tweeted it out. We did the whole song and dance. I was like getting featured on Bleacher Report. I was like, oh, I'm I'm an official reporter, and I was excited because you know. Joe Girardi, this guy's won a World Series. I'm so, I it was my pin tweet forever. I was like, what Gabe Kapler has to say about the hiring of Joe Girardi as manager? I am sitting here, two years later, a broken man. <laughs> I have never been more disappointed with, I don't think anything in my whole life. And it look, there were a lot of people that told me. Uh, you know, that either, you know, they were, they were big Yankees fans or whatever. They were like, Oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to like Joe. He's not a a book thumper, you know, like some of these analytic guys, he's really, you know, he's traditional. He's, he's really, really, you know, but he also mixes the analytics pretty well. Turns out that's not true. Um, (laughs) And it wasn't, look, it's not even, I don't even care about, I don't even care about the bullpen management. I don't care about, the double switches. I don't care about the 
oh, just the 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 sheer ridiculousness. His 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 short term memory, where he only remembers the guys that have been good for the last five innings that they've pitched, um, <laughs> and then it's the exact opposite with batters, where he can only remember the one year where they you know hit two fifty six and slugged four hundred, and you know that he's like, oh, but they they're gonna get back there. It's not it's not that. It is the number one thing that stands above all else is the refusal to give anybody that has not proven themselves day in and day out to give them a shot. He is not, there was not one time where Joe Girardi favored a young guy over a grizzled veteran when he did not have to. And that is what pissed me off the most, because I'll tell you what, to be a successful baseball team with it, with a, you know, you want to improve your farm system, right? The only way you're going to see the fruits of that is if you give these guys the chance to play. And it doesn't matter if they're unranked nationally because major league baseball teams aren't even supposed to look at the national rankings. That's not supposed to be what you base your, your, your farm system rankings off of. You're supposed to know inside out what these guys do well and how you can use them immediately when they, when they come to your major league baseball team. And Joe Girardi had no effing clue like no clue whatsoever. He was like, okay, here's a right-handed center fielder. I'm going to put him at one ba- uh, at, at first base. I'm going to put Matt Veerling at first base and, you know, continue to play my other center fielder that is just absolutely trash, uh, both on and off the field, lest I, you know, forget. Um, you know, or, or, oh, here's a pretty good utility player in Nick Maton that I can maybe throw at shortstop. Maybe I can throw him at second base. Give him some, give him some chances. Can't do that. Can't do that. Got to let Ronald Torres, you know, keep on, keep on chugging righty lefty doesn't matter. And look, I, I told you, I liked Ronald Torres, but there were, there were games where you just had to give Nick Maton a shot and he didn't, he didn't, even when Didi Gregorius did go down. Um, so there's a lot of, I've, I've brought up a lot of things here, but the thing that like just really grinds my gears is the, just the, the apathy that he seems to feel for all of it. Like, Towards even in his last his last press conference, what did he say? He was like, "Oh, I feel like I failed. Feel like like, dude, you did. You miserably failed." Had to, uh... and that's a wrap for the, this year's podcast. My God. <laughs> <laughs> um, who who was who was the pitcher that he tried to bring in from the bullpen and then forgot he hadn't put him on the lineup card? Oh my God! Daniel De Los Santos. Santos. Like, 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 like Philly, Philly chased Kepler out of town for doing something similar. <laughs> no, and, they, 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 I, they would not chase him out of town. They would legit, like, there would be, I, I don't even know. There, there would be an uprising. There, <laughs> Citizens Bank Park would legitimately, it would be a, a, a spirit Halloween the next day. It would, it legitimately would be. It is, it is mind boggling to me that, and I get it, like, you can't just keep flipping managerial seats because you know that what kind of message is that going to send to impending free agents, things like that. But like, Oh man. Well, 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 wish he, he's got, he's got one year left and he has no extension, yes. no Thank extension, God. no, no oh option. Sorry. No option. One year. And, and Dombrowski clarified that because the, I don't know who the interviewer was, but he said, he brought the question, Jirai's got one year left, then an option at the end of it. And Dombrowski went, no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He's got one year left. No, no, no option. And he was quite stern about that. And I, I it came across to me as this is, could be Girardi's last year. And then they asked him, do you think Girardi would have a problem with that going into last year with no option and no extension to sign on? He went, no, he'll be fine with it. Like, okay. All right. 
maybe. Better be. He's in the same no, book. Alex, Alex do, you, do you feel better now? Do you feel like you've got all that off? <laughs> Alex, yeah. I love it. I love the passion. Onto you, Ballin. I, I love it. <laughs> Ballin, anything to add, Ballin? Like, I, I don't know where to go from that. No, I mean, I think we can say that Alex covered it all. Yeah. You know, every detail. I, yeah, Alex was, that was his uh, hill to die on there. I let him just <laughs> run with My it. My Gettysburg address. <laughs> okay, so that covers it. I, do, dare I ask you for a grade, Alex? An F. Uh, an F a U, literally, a U? I yeah. swear to God, a Z. Like, I could, uh, <laughs> is there like, I don't know. In like quick look at what Dave Dombrowski said today. It, it's basically just it's not good enough. It's everything we already knew. It was nothing surprising. Uh they've had a lot of discussion for Alec Bohm. They're gonna they're dedicated to Alec Bohm staying at third base. They're doing a lot of stuff within Clearwater to help his agility more than anything else. Um, there are no plans for moving to the outfield. That uh, they're, they're not gonna they're not going to train him at first base because he knows it already. Third base, they are dedicating a lot of their time in the offseason in Clearwater with Alec at third. Uh, told Diddy wasn't good enough. Diddy has to buck his ideas up or he's not going to have a place. Uh, Girardi has no option after this year. The closer position is a priority, he said. So that is the number one, getting a closer in and more bullpen and pitching arms. It's, I got the impression that Dombrowski is going to really focus on pitching more than anything else this year. Uh, he was asked, is there room for one big ticket, like a, a big free agent signing that or splashing out more money like a Bryce Harper? He's, basically, he was, no. Because we don't need one big ticket. We need lots of little tickets to gel a team together. Uh, and once more young players bleed it in, I think he was with you, Alex. <clears throat> Got to get those youngsters in. Give them, look at Mickey Moniak. Like, what a mental... Don't even get, don't what, even get me started. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I, I just like the the amount of times that they called up Mickey just to have him bench warm. Yeah, and, great. Yeah, you know, and then, and then Joe Girardi, like he just he just wants to assert his position because I don't think I'm allowed to say that, but he asserts his position just by like putting him in for a pinch hit, and then Mickey strikes out, and he's like, "Oh, see, see, guy can't yep. hack it at the major league level." Yep. Like, see. I but then, but then, and then, and of course, some fans do that as well and go, "Oh, Mickey's not very good, is he?" Like, ah, uh, you can't even base, you can't even judge him on these. The pinches. fact that you are lumping Joe Girardi with a casual fan, Dave, is all all that needs to be said. <laughs> yeah. All that needs to be said. <laughs> all right, come on, let's bring it, let's bring it back up, let's bring it back up. Um, take some questions, Just some questions, guys. Oh, questions from our sure. good faithful yes. listeners. Uh, Sam says. What do we need to be consistent? That's the biggest question. What do we need to be consistent? Well, we are inconsistently consistent. But what, Alex, what would, what would fix this? Main, what would be the main thing to fix this? I think there's two. Um, I think you're probably going to get enough from your, your starting pitchers next year where, you know, you don't need to necessarily worry about that as much. If you can manage to lock down a closer, great. If not, just get some, some proven arms. Do what you can. The bullpen is mostly luck every year anyway. You know, one guy figures it out and becomes some brilliant reliever. Um, the big thing that they need is, first of all, a guy that gets on base at the top of the lineup. It's what Kutch was supposed to be. Um, yeah. Kutch didn't get the, didn't really get the chance to do that. Uh, any of and he got injured again. Did that be injury? You know, yeah. any of that. Um, they need a guy that's going to get on base. There's a lot of those out there. Uh, well, not a lot. There's a couple. Uh, Mark Conha of the Oakland A's is like, 
one of my favorite guys heading to free agency this uh, this offseason. I also love Tony Kemp of the A's, uh, who is probably due to be traded because he's going to demand a high arb price probably. Yeah. Um, both of those guys, high OBP, low, uh, not low strikeout in Conta's case, but he hits for power, so that's fine. Um, both of them really, really solid options, I would think, uh, this offseason and shouldn't break the bank. Um, and then I also think they, they need a five-hole hitter. They've needed a five-hole hitter for ages. Well, like, yeah. You can't, you can't just operate around Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins, who does get cold. Reese Hoskins does get cold at times. You can't just operate assuming under the fact that, you know, those guys are going to drive in the bulk of your runs. You need that gap bridged between the one through four and the six through nine. Well, well even five. the four to five, we had Bryce and then we had Diddy. You know, right. But that's, quite, that's, that's a well, huge gap. Towards, towards the end of the season. And when Reese was in the four hole, he was doing great. But you need a big bat in that five spot, just a, yeah. a bailout power kind of guy. Um, and, you know, it, it really shouldn't matter what that costs because that's what you need to form a consistent offense. And even though they were averaging five runs per game, you know, towards the end of the season, it sure doesn't feel like it because most of those runs come in spurts. Bolin, question from C at CLC. What do you think are the positive key takeaways from our 2021 season? Positive. What was it? I suppose we covered it a little bit at the start of the pod. Positive. Aside from Bryce Harper. <laughs> and Zach Wheeler and, and yeah exactly and and um uh. <laughs> I mean I think like we we kind of mentioned earlier right some of these questions yeah yeah really answered within you know the length of this so far but you know some of those young guys who you know like we have mentioned maybe haven't been given as much time as we would like to see them be given but you know when they were in the lineup and given the chance there were some bright spots there and it's something to look forward to next year. And like we mentioned with, you know, Brogdon and Ranger Suarez, like on the pitching front, those are things to look forward to next year as well. Aside from, aside from like the Bryce Harper and the Wheeler and having two superstars who, you know, we most likely will be able to rely on in the future. Um, but the smaller roles, I think those guys, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that, that's here we go. Here we go. Let's build back up. Let's build ourselves back up for next <laughs> season already. Play season. Uh, no, you're right. It, there is, there is actually, and we've got a Cy Young candidate and MVP on our team as well. Which, if we can back them up, we've got a damn good chance of 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 making the post. I mean, because all the guys, the questions you've you've come in, we've pretty much covered all of your questions. So I don't feel like I'm not reading them out, but. I don't want us to go through <laughs> the stuff we've been going through and then the stuff on Girardi. I don't want us to let Alex off again. I think, I think Alex, <laughs> is, time bomb. Alex has covered it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quickly postseason bowling. Who are we back in? Who, who are we back in? Brewers. It's going to be the brew crew, right? Brew We're crew. back in the brew crew. It's got to be the Alex brew crew. Like for me, it's, it's easy. It's, it's the brew crew. Or I suppose the giants. You but... too, Dave? You're backing the Brewers. It's... Alex, you better be. What's... Oh, oh no, I, th- I think she was. Oh no, me. I thought I wasn't sure if Dave said he was. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm back in the yeah, brewery. Brew oh, nice. oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I like the underdogs. It's sad for me because I would have backed the Mariners. I would have, <laughs> would have backed the Blue Jays. I certainly would have. Uh, are we just talking National League? Because if we're talking World Series, I'm backing the White Sox. I, I want my White no, Sox. No World Series. Yeah, like who's your? I want to. I, I want. I want my White Sox to come through. I love. Look, I love a good, like, 
a really solid organization that's able to develop like a ton of really, really fun homegrown players. Like the, the White Sox, I don't know if y'all have watched them a lot. They are so fun to watch play baseball. I love their players like, on my fantasy are, team. <laughs> they are really fun. Um, so I really, I really enjoy watching them. And I think that they did, you know, they made a really concerted effort to like turn that club around. And it kind of, I mean, I don't want to see Tony La Russa win a World Series, but I do want to see the White Sox win a World Series. Did you, so, did you see you know, La Russa drinking torn. from a shoe, drinking beer, doing a shoey? Oh, disgusting. I, just, I can't. <laughs> Trying to be hip. I No, there is like legitimately, there's no chance given what, well, first of all, drinking beer, the whole thing that got him into, you know, that whole preseason scandal <laughs> yeah, in the first place. Yeah. How dare you, sir? Um, get your ass to an AA meeting. But also like, I, I don't know, like, I am torn because I feel like those players probably really don't like him very much, but at the same time, they're so fun to watch. So I, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me and it's hard to argue with results. Uh, so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I, but I, 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 I would love to see the White Sox or the Brewers. I, I, I would love the Brewers to, to get, to get, to get deep at least. Yeah. Although I, I do, if I'm being realistic, I do favor the Braves against the Brewers in this upcoming oh, series. No. I know it's and for me to say that, come on, but like, um, it, <laughs> they do a really good job of dissecting opposing pitching. And like, if anything, but, but, I think but, but that's one of the best rotations in, in baseball the Brewers have. Yeah, I, but I think like, it's, a, oh no, postseason, postseason, insufferable Braves. Alex, if they get and they through, don't have your, your mentions are going to go through the roof. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm very, I'm very prepared. I'm super prepared for that because they uh, love you, don't Alex. You worry. Oh, they adore me. That they you are adore me. <laughs> one of them, hey, look, one of them, you know, called me a, uh, you know, Chris Evans and the Captain America, the first Captain America, where yeah. he's like pre super serum. One yeah. of them said I look like a very, a very skinny Chris Evans. So I was, I'll take it any day of the week. That's not any bad. day yeah. of the week. Yeah, look, I, they I've... thought they thought they were owning me, but really, they just gave me a huge confidence boost. So. I'll take oh. it. Thank you. I think it's uh, I don't remember what that means because I know it's all MD shell and you know. Yeah. I'm 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 very proud of the person that I am. My Good mother you, raised Alex. me right. Good. Thank you, Dave. I feel you've come for a journey in this podcast, Alex. You've got a lot off your chest. Oh, certainly. I've come full. <laughs> I've come full circle. Yeah, I'm, this was therapy for me. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, you. I'm, you I'll, I'll shoot you. I'll Venmo you at the end of the. Uh, at the end. Yeah, of the you, you're, gonna, you're gonna turn off your laptop at the end of this and just walk out with your head held high, like a new yeah. man. Uh, and all going on a nice stroll. Yeah, do it. Do <laughs> it. The, the breeze in your hair, no worries in the world. Yeah, oh, exactly. You're vented. You're fine. Until Girardi next comes up on oh, your timeline yeah. with some goofy no no don't even mention no 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 don't try who, who? the name who should not be spoken Balin's uh, gonna at me in everything Joe Girardi related from this point <laughs> on like, I'm very excited for it <laughs> or like I know I'm gonna I, some, someone's gonna clip me or something like that I know it's gonna happen just wait oh thank you uh, I think we've covered pretty much everything you had a good time this has been great are you kidding me good I, I'm glad it's 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 tough. I just wish we we're in the postseason. We we're talking about Phillies are coming up against the Brewers. Oh my God, Wheeler Suarez, Nola Gibby. Ah, oh. I mean, next year I'll come back on the beginning of October podcast and we'll talk about all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and don't forget, guys, we we have our we have our drinks scheduled in April. So, you know, there's no 
There's no yes. way that that's not coming through. So just so you all know. Yeah, I hope you have cleared your diaries. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. I've, I mean, it's, you want, I literally have it in my calendar. It's happening. Dave circled. Kiss, kiss, yeah, kiss. exactly. <laughs> XXO, exactly. Yeah. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, the podcasts haven't been that frequent this year. We've tried other things like the Twitter spaces and a few live shows. We're trying a bit of variety, what works best, a bit of experimental. But Alex, and even Ballin. Ballin, you want to come back on? Will you come back on? Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm going to try and be more regular with it in the off season and then next season because I've missed it. I've missed it, Alex. I, I miss talking to you, Alex. You know I'll always be here, Dave. Um, <laughs> guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for all your support on the UK fillers. Uh, fillers? Oh, my God. UK. It's getting late, guys. It is getting late here. UK Phillies <laughs> Twitter handle. Um, it's been it's it's been a it's, I know, has it been fun? I suppose it's been fun in times and frustrating other times. I feel like I say this at the end of every season. But getting to know you guys, interacting with you guys, having fun with you guys, and going through this ride with all you guys, that's been fun. That's definitely been fun and the highlight for me as always. And in April, let's all hang out. Let's have some beers. Let's see the Phillies sweep the A's. And I, I'm quietly optimistic about next year already. But I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it to myself already. Wow, I can't go through six months of the off-season excited already. Ball in, Alex. My voice is just about holding on. So thank you very much. Thank you for coming on. And uh, enjoy, enjoy the, enjoy the, the playoffs. Enjoy the off-season. I've got to go because my voice is going to go. But thank you for listening, guys. Enjoy the off-season. Bye-bye. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Thanks, yeah. Tim.